Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 448 of the JV Club with my marvelous guest, Jordan Cruciola. What a delight. I am telling you, we had a gangbuster blockbuster time. So please enjoy this episode. It moves at such a lively clip. I didn't even realize we had been recording as long as we had. That's always a good sign on the JV Club. Hope everybody is having a good December and fine, fun, safe holidays, whatever that means to you. Please join us at SF Sketchfest. I'm not doing the JV Club, but I am doing a live episode of Braving the Elements, the Nickelodeon iHeart podcast that I do with Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko, where we've been covering all of book one of Avatar. We're about to launch into book two with amazing guests on stage on January 9th at 1 p.m. We will be joined by Gray Delisle and Jack DeSena and Phil Lamar. And that means I need to change my name to Janet Lavarney or Janet Davarney because I love their beautiful names so much. So check out sfsketchfest.com for more info on tickets, plenty of other Max Fun and Max Fun adjacent shows to check out, including Judge John Hodgman, Jordan Jessico, and a bunch of other great stuff. So visit that website, and I hope to see you in person safely and masked in January. I have a, a movie poster problem, so. Oh, okay. So I'm only yeah. seeing the tip of the iceberg. I have, this is the, the room that I record in. In my room, just on my walls, I have around 24. Okay. I like framed, what I'm hearing. Framed and hanging. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Was that is you from like the tiny, the tiniest age? No, that really, when I was little, I collected pins. Great. Um, because you were I, smaller. Yeah, I collected pins. It makes sense. Um, no, when I started having, like, when I realized, like, I had my own purchasing power, uh-huh. and there were, <laughs> there were, like, movie posters, I and, like, movie, there, I started discovering the world of, like, limited run, like, special yeah. edition movie posters. I was like, oh, no, I can buy these? Yeah. And I love them. And I'm, I, I have more than I can hang, but I have two frames that are interchangeable, so I do keep a gallery rotation going okay. to make sure, because I have one, I have one interchangeable frame that's just for the one sheets like the, okay. the ones hanging at theaters like the 27 by 40s yeah and then i have a 24 by 36 switchable one that i can put like the limited prints in very cool. and very so they cool. do all get their time in the sun i don't just collect things to have them sitting in a flat file that's Good for you bullshit i would say that's even more of a commit like what you're doing is more than a commitment of having everything up and more of a commitment <laughs> yeah. than having everything not up like the idea of, of that, actually there's got to be constant attention there's got to be constant attention that is and, you are a curator you are a curator <laughs> in the museum of your room that's fantastic that is i and so anytime it's like when you're little and you have a friend over at your house you're like you want to come see my room like you yeah. want to like show people your cool room yeah so if, if ever anybody like if my friend comes over my house for the first time like you want to come see my room and i like show everybody my movie posters because it's uh-huh. like well i i these are to be seen like yeah. welcome to my gallery yes. space so yes absolutely okay that reminded me that i don't know how much i've talked about this on the podcast which seems very unlikely because it's <laughs> a podcast i've been doing for almost 10 years about teenage years but wow, have i don't know years. if i have fully articulated that my teenage room had like or if it, or it's been a long time since i brought this up but i had like you know, obsolete cassette tape 
tape, like <laughs> yeah. actual tape oh, okay. that I pulled out of all of these cassettes and hung <laughs> from my ceiling. I that don't know why. so it's 90s. so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was so cool. I mean, I was doing some drugs at the time, so I guess maybe they looked neat, like <laughs> yeah. trippy in... Yeah the dark maybe <laughs> i don't know or i just thought it was punk rock or something touch. but yeah <laughs> but then like that but then the the posters in my room were like so um I mean, they were definitely very diverse in terms of, like, what <laughs> I wanted to hang posters for. Yeah. Like, I had, yeah. like, my Steve Martin wall. Uh-huh. But then I had, like, a, like you know, a Talking Heads, mm-hmm. like, vintage poster. And uh-huh. they might be giant stuff. And then, like, an Indigo Girl. Like, there was yeah. no, you know what I mean? I wasn't, it wasn't cool. I wasn't cool. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't cool. You know I, I mean? was very, what, like, was it was I all doing? movies. It was all movies. And I just had, I only had a handful then. It was just, I think my mom, like, bought them for me. So I was like, these are cool. And I hung yeah. them up and but I had uh Angelina Jolie's first Tomb Raider I right. had Spawn okay um, yep, yep. I had Spawn the, yeah. the like live action movie with John Leguizamo as a sure. fat demon clown uh-huh. and I had Romeo and Juliet the like right. sure. Leonardo Romeo and Juliet that tracks that sounds and right. Labyrinth oh yeah great and Labyrinth yeah so that Spawn and- Labyrinth yeah sure okay <laughs> yeah. Tomb Raider and great I didn't have like I didn't have any music stuff I and it was very it, like much like now I'm very fastidious about like kind of angles and tidiness and yeah. so everything's hung very cleanly yeah. so it's just like I don't like I don't like a lot of stuff around in yeah. my room like I have that's not true I have a lot of stuff in my room but it is very much all has a place yes like i have a i have a shelving unit in there right now and it's every frame and photo everything's in its little place Uh uh-huh but in my room like i had the posters i had a a papasan chair you remember those (gasps) wait wait wait. yeah is it the like a the like sitting in the bowl yeah yeah, yeah. i'm making a bowl shape as it's helpful to anyone but you but it was rattan yeah rattan and a bowl i had the papasan chair in the corner yes i had uh the crate for the dog because our dog gizmo slept in my room Amazing. And I had a massive waterbed. Oh, Huge. somebody was saving the best for last. <laughs> I know it's this. I know it's the showpiece. Like, are here. we talking like California king size waterbed? Well, the thing is, it was How a queen massive. size waterbed, but, the but it had a gigantic like, frame. Yeah, like yeah, it had the yeah. obviously like you need a big frame to support a waterbed, but it had like tons of drawer space underneath it had a headboard it was like an old person's uh-huh. like armoire <laughs> vanity combination unit headboard oh my. that had like the the oval shaped mirror in the center yes, yes. with like cabinets on like recesses oh on either yeah, side of it set. cabinets above those with frosted glass etchings oh my god and my grandpa I'm pretty sure this was a mail order bride situation. <laughs> married a Thai woman. Okay. And I only say that because there's no way this wonderful, beautiful, kind woman from Thailand was just in John Day, Oregon and met my Got it. cantankerous. The way I've described my grandpa consistently <laughs> is he is if, if unfunny George Carlin was oh, my grandpa Bernie. That's actually really easy to picture. Yeah, like even kind of physically matches yeah, that. Yeah. And so there's no way unfunny George Carlin in right. Eastern Oregon like yeah. bumped into Shoop at the store. Right. So like this Fair. was arranged in some capacity. Yeah. But like he, like I think I got it from him. I don't even remember where I fucking got this thing. But like she gave, <gasps> oh she gifted my. me, she gifted me a Buddha. 
Okay. Um, that like pretty substantial size, like it was like over a foot tall and like very hearty. And it sat right in the center of my headboard, right in front of the mirror. This is so, amazing. Yeah, it was a real. It it's was true a, that you. It sounds like it belongs to someone who, regardless of what else isn't a teenager like it definitely sounds no. like you don't know it no. could be it, but from there it could be anyone from like mid-20s to like <laughs> yeah. late 60s yeah. you know and, what I mean like whoever the Buddha, had it the waterbed, has either had great. it forever or they yeah. acquired it at an estate sale uh-huh. like they got it from an old source <laughs> right even regardless of the age they were it was like a college yeah. kid who's like this is fucking cool uh-huh. or it was like I've had this for 80 years and like yeah. I used to put my box spring in it kind yeah. of thing so it was a waterbed. So, okay, yeah. so it could have even not had a water. Like, the wa- it wasn't like, oh, this is a water. Like, this is, was, and will always be a waterbed. I feel like it could have accommodated uh-huh. other things. Like, I don't remember a specific waterbed feature about the, yeah. the frame itself. Yeah. But, man, there was a lot of fucking storage in that thing. It also, like, above, like, behind the pillows, it had two, like, two cabinets that were the length of the bed that you could uh-huh. open and, like, put things in. Yeah. It was practically, like, a dresser in Gosh, and of you know, itself. I think you're describing, I now I'm starting to think that maybe my cousin, my older cousin had, who's 10 years older than me, might have had something similar. He definitely had a waterbed. And I'm now that you're saying all of this, it's really coming to life for me in too visceral of a way for it not to have made. Because I right, do remember a lot of real. like, yeah, like infrastructure <laughs> around the bed for sure. Such that it was like, I don't remember how it got in the room. And uh-huh. I can't imagine no any way for it to exit the room other than just cutting it apart with an axe and burning it. Like, yeah. I don't know how you remove that. It was the downstairs oh of the house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it got in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, and had you ever slept in a waterbed before that? Or was that, no. like, a huge benefit? Like, was that like, oh, I, I'm going to need this It all now. came together. Right. But, it like... All- but what, but has, had you, how young were you when no, you inherited Oh, this? I like, God, I had that through like at least from middle school forward. Okay. Yeah. So I you barely was, remember a, a regular Maybe it was bed. like a family friend was like selling it or something. I uh-huh. was like, waterbed seems cool. Yeah. And so I just, and I like, I have no pro or con opinion on waterbeds. I'm totally agnostic. I, think I slept well for, yeah. I slept well for all that time, but I'm not like, I wish I could go back to a waterbed. I got to tell you, I, and I, and my listeners would probably remember better than I, but I feel like I've only recently had a similar conversation with someone else who had a waterbed. And I swear to you, I'm pretty sure they too said, like, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying no. it was good. <laughs> like, no. no no one was became a convert. No one, like, went back to regular bed and was like, what was no. I thinking? Like, no. it's pretty impressive because waterbed is such a little bit of a punchline. Like, is anyone sleeping <laughs> with a waterbed anymore? Well, I, I never, I've never met a single other person like in my corporeal life who yeah. has like I've never been like oh my god I had a waterbed too and your corporeal like, life what is happening you've <laughs> like, in, in like, spirit in some of your spirit transactions like, I or? haven't like like I I haven't tried I haven't checked my like parasocial relationships online <laughs> to see who I've la- overlap with on this got but, it, like got in it. life in the meat space yeah. it's yet to come up again <laughs> and it, I, objectively though terrible for sleepovers well depending yeah. on your goal terrible yeah. for sleepovers well, yeah yeah, how does that? There's some rolling. I mean, I definitely slept in my cousin's bed um, with him. Now, I will uh-huh. say that at that time he was a she. In case oh, anybody okay. thinks that's weird, but um, so there, we definitely like bunked together. And I do remember like him rolling over 
and like is this in a waterbed? Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, being like, like you, there's no like, discreetly oh, I'm getting awake. out. To, yeah. There's no discreetly going to the restroom with another right. person in yeah. the bed in the waterbed, yeah. and also you you tend to just roll toward the middle, <laughs> like you tend to just go into the dip. How did couples? Sleep in waterbeds. And like I and, and why I say like because like it could have been it could have been bad. Or like if you were, you know, all those queers out there, maybe you were like, well, I would love to accidentally end up in the middle of the bed with my best friend. Understood. Like it, Understood. It could have been it could have been a life hack for people You're that not they didn't wrong. even realize they were missing out on. You're definitely not wrong, because definitely friends I had crushes on, I for sure would like have been very happy to have something that didn't involve me having to like yeah. accidentally roll over closer. Exactly. Like you're not trying to like do something that someone's not asking mm-hmm. you to but mm-hmm. like if you mm-hmm. accidentally yeah. wake up yeah and it's a Haley Kiyoko song yeah and it's like oh no here we are yeah. like then that's that's nobody made that choice right. nobody nobody decided to infringe upon somebody's personal space but yeah. you had a bit of happenstance yeah you're absolutely right and did that happen <laughs> for you on any level you did no. say depending on your intentions I didn't yeah know like if your I'm definitely over. I'm definitely uh I'm definitely queer uh, I definitely like I I pan romantic gray asexual is my long multi hyphenate. Yep, understand. And definitely, uh, like the idea of men is like the longer I go not having had sex with anybody, the more having sex with men is like what? <laughs> 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 I couldn't <laughs> like the more impossible it feels uh-huh. so like yeah, women are much more like accessible to me as like as like a, a, a presence of desire and attraction yeah but like if I like my I, I like I had many feelings for for my friends growing but I feel like I never was I wasn't like contriving situations to be like oh I'm gonna try and get, I was just kind of like I'm gonna drape myself on you if I'm gonna drape myself on you like <laughs> yep. Like it was, yeah. it was a pretty, like yeah. there weren't, I wasn't Understood. a stolen moments person. Yes. It was like, a, we're best friends and that's got a lot of great things about uh-huh. it. So. <laughs> I totally. It was I pretty totally like, I think it's, and I think it's partly because like my, like my, my drive toward like sexual activity. Like it's just like, I'm, I'm not really interested in, in having sex with people I never have been that I, I never have. And yeah. I consider sexuality to be a moving target. That's why it's gray asexual. Absolutely. Allowing for a life of, a, a, you know, a panoply of experiences and things. Who knows what's going to happen next? Sure. Who knows what's going to happen fucking tomorrow? I don't know what's going to happen in 18 no months, one. you know? No one. And so, but it, I feel like the, like that kind of that stolen moments thing that's very sort of archetypal to the coming of age narrative. Like it seems like the point of that is to create an intimacy that in most of our popular media narratives means you're trying to create like a germ of intimacy that's going to grow into like something more, quote unquote. Right, right. And I have always had a sort of kind of broad relationship with like I'm very comfortable with physical intimacy, but I know it's never going to become sex. Right, 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 right. So it's kind of like, well, no, I don't, I'm not trying to like sow a seed and nurture it to grow. Like, no, this is like, I'm I'm comfortable with expressions of intimacy and affection. Yeah. And like, as long as the other, the person on the other side of that interaction is comfortable with it, like, right. no, like, like, I'll sit in the lap, like, I'll hold your hand like that. So it, right. I feel like there is, there's a sort of anxiety that comes with those like best friend crush things when it is yes. like sort yeah. of sexual yeah. undertone to it yeah, or yeah. like a desire. Yeah. Whereas that, that undercurrent wasn't there for me trying to like, 
insinuate my way into something else. It's just like, no, we're, we like each other so much. Why wouldn't we be holding hands right now? Like, why gotcha. wouldn't we be playing with each other's hair? It was always just kind Absolutely. of like, it sounds childlike, but it's, I promise you, it's not childlike. It's fully, fully developed human yeah. and with emotions and everything. No, no, it doesn't. It actually doesn't really sound childlike. The only thing I was thinking, as you were saying, it was just thinking about, Again, this sort of like social constructs that have pros and cons uh, yeah. as we as we assign gender and as we assign gender behavior, mm-hmm. the pros and cons, whether we're asking for them or not, that exist. And just thinking about like female friendships mm-hmm. and the sort of um, speaking of moving targets, but like the sort of fluidity of the physicality of that mm-hmm. and just imagining being a like a a gender labeled boy and Go- wanting to have Fuck. some physicality yeah but not wanting it to be sexual yeah like how do you do that because how do you do that maybe with a maybe you find a girl who who will share that with you mm-hmm. but maybe they take it the wrong way or that like yeah. there just feels like there's far it feels like there's far less social opportunity presented yeah. to young men for mm-hmm. that same kind of innocuous but very loving physicality right yeah oh no i i completely agree yeah i definitely like in in very much in the sense of sort of with my my sexuality and and being somebody who though really does embrace like contact and and touch responsiveness and and touch reinforcement like i lucked out not not being born into the socialized like category of a cisgendered boy who wanted to experience like companionship and wanted to experience affection but was just like no but i'm not i don't i don't want to do that like i don't want right. it to go there right. and like ah but i'm i'm not i'm not necessarily gay like it, right. i'm not your gbf kind of thing right. but to just like have it be okay to occupy the same physical space as another person right. because many many people just really like that and many many people need that right. and to have to like compete with an entire idea of your existence that it like diminishes you or it takes you into a separate category of how you should be considered as a sexual being like oh my god right what a confusing isolating possible nightmare oh that being said that being and and yes and that being said you know that strikes me because i'm not somebody who has ever had like any I, to me, there was there was never anything mysterious about the I- idea of asexuality. And I remember even mm. when I started HuffPost Live, which was like this whole weird departure of my life for almost a year, <laughs> um, where it was like journalism, I guess, like it came out of nowhere. Um, but I would try I my all the stuff I liked covering was like the sort of because there was a lot of group conversation. That was sort of the point mm. of what they created was a lot of like basically it was like Zoom hangouts during COVID, but yeah, pre okay. all of that when it yeah. was still just Skype and like Google uh-huh. Google meetings. Um <laughs> But I and we would pull like I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast either, even though I was doing it and this podcast at the time. But we would pull through like our job was essentially to ha- in the bullpen pitch pre-existing Huffington Post stories from mm. all their quote unquote verticals, which just means right. if you don't know, you know, if those of you who don't know, just like life and science, politics. Yeah. If you, you know, go to Vulture homepage sex. where I, the, the verticals, you'll find movies, you'll find TV, you'll exactly. find film. You click on a vertical, That's it takes you to a further is. expansion. I really needed someone to tell my, me what that was. Like specific content. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely like started a job at the Huffington Post not knowing what a vertical was. So that's right. how prepared I was. Why would you? But, you know, <laughs> thank you. Um, but so and so there was somebody who had written this great piece on asexuality. And I was like, oh, this is always something that I felt very comfortable discussing. And it's something I could totally see very That's much great. being my life if I had. And I think part of it is that I mean, maybe part of it is like just empathy, like mm-hmm. 
feeling like if you're a person who can kind of easily put yourself in someone else's shoes, then why wouldn't that also? (laughs) Because as you were saying that, I was like, my God, though, how many of us did have friendships, whether they were same sex, whether they Mm -hmm. weren't, where... You love nothing more than cuddling with someone, but you absolutely didn't want it to be sexual. So for anybody who's like, I don't understand that, I'm like, yes, you do. No, 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 (laughs) you do. Like, for the most, and I'm not, I don't want to put anything on any, project anything on anyone. I'm sure there are people who are like, my physicality and my comfort comfort with my body is like, I love having sex and I don't like touching people I'm not having sex with. And I respect that as well. But Mm -hmm. I would say it's probably safe to assume that many of us regardless of where we are falling currently on our mm-hmm. uh, like level of sexuality or need mm-hmm. for sex can relate to having a relationship with someone who maybe wanted something more from you or maybe they didn't yeah. but if they did want more from you you know what it feels like to be like i want it up to this level yeah and the second your hand touches my brushes my boob yeah and it's off it's yeah. off it's <laughs> yeah. not happening like that's i don't want that you know what i mean well it it makes it, it a thing i've wondered so much is like you know, thinking in the multiverse, like, it, it, you know, is, is there another is there another world adjacent to our own in which we are just educated about intimacy when we're growing up mm. to to let just so everybody knows that there is for me from the most earliest formative, you know, formative ages, whatever that there it doesn't actually all have to lead to one inevitable conclusion that that indeed intimacy means a lot of things that a your that that is not necessary that it is not unique to a sexual partnership that there are many different forms of it because it feels like so much of the sort of explaining of myself that i've had to do even with like good friends of mine and friends who are very emotionally intelligent and intellectually intelligent like the explanation of but wait so are you just like like okay but what you're talking about i know what you're gonna say what you're you're talking about about, like the repression word aren't you yeah, yeah 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 it's it's like so but wait don't you just like like i feel like what you're telling me is that like like you do want to have sex with people but like maybe you just like are like you're like afraid but because you haven't so but like you don't know if you're you don't know that you're afraid i'm like no, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. As near as I can tell, there is a biological imperative to like reproduce among the human race. If I wanted to be having sex with people, yeah. as a person who can get on the internet and who is like at the very least a solid five, yeah, like I could, I could have sex as How a woman in this world. Five. Hey, I'm you? just saying from the baseline. There, it's a we're we're, we're start. We grow. Uh, there's a there's a high ceiling here, but I'm saying the floor. Like I feel like we're at a solid. We're at a great place. I feel great about it. Great, but like it, the, the like sex, especially when you're younger. I feel like sex is talked about and like whispered about like it's like this rare commodity Uh and not the thing that you could be having all the time in your life because somebody out there will always want to have sex with you. Right. Maybe it won't be the best. Right. Maybe they won't be your ideal. But if you truly want to have sex with a person at any given moment, especially now with the with all the resources we have, it is in fact not an elusive or diminishing resource. Absolutely. It is actually quite proliferate yeah and so but like so as you get older though like i found that i i've never drank i've never done drugs i've never done anything like that and i get a I in my especially in college years i would get a lot of like praise for that like oh that's so cool that you don't drink like drunk people telling like, me like i wish i didn't drink have had to make and like, like and, and the like a... i wish i drank less and i'm yeah. like well you can if you want but it's uh-huh. okay that you do but yeah. the thing that would stop people was oh but like 
but like you don't have sex like ever like with anybody yeah like but like are you gay though i'm like no i didn't say i would i didn't say like i don't want to have straight sex like i I said i'm not interested and like that was the thing that people consistently have been least able to immediately grasp or have most tried to rationalize a different answer from me throughout like um you know are you queer and repressed like were you and like people sometimes like get really quiet will be like were you like what did you what happened were you abused what 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 terrible thing led to this moment in your life it it is the most inexplicable thing i found in all of the sort of like surprising straight edgeness about myself that people can't really like latch on to well i get i mean i think for for people for whom you know at some point in their life whether it's present day or past or future or whatever i think if you had the experience where it's all you can think about for a while right like you just can't like you're just not able to but at the same time again it's like it but it so it feels i guess when you have whatever chemicals going on whatever's happening that's like Mm -hmm. pushing your brain further into that realm than Mm -hmm. someone else um that it feels so like it's controlling you Mm -hmm. and so i think that's just really hard for people to imagine but at the same time like again all these varying levels of that kind of socialization like it used to be that you know you were there was something terribly wrong with you if you didn't want to have kids like very recently very very recently and in many communities still there's something wrong with you my sister my sister lives in our in our small hometown still with her her guy who she's been with since they were 16 she's 30 now so like half her like and all of their friends are on like at least kid one if not kid three right and it is and and they they don't have kids yet and it is still very like the i the amount of just constant needling yeah. she gets yeah. and the absolute n- not on the menu possibility that she might not want to or yeah. won't. Yeah. It doesn't even it's not even nobody's like, so you guys like interested in kids? It's like, so when are the kids coming? Like, right. it's not an is Ooh. it? It's oh, a when. That pressure is like hits. I feel like I'm suffocating from it just hearing about that because I don't have that <laughs> in my own life. But if I had it, I can't even imagine. I mean, I can't imagine. But yeah, so I guess we're both saying the same thing. Ultimately, it's just like, but you can't, but you, you, you don't have to, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things where, again, yeah, somebody who, who made that decision, who always had that drive, Mm -hmm. if you want to compare those drives, are like, well, I can't imagine what my, my, I can't imagine the negative space that would be there. As if there's just like a limit, like a finite amount and whatever you don't have filled up by that is just like an empty void. It's a void. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you're like, you don't understand. You can't, I don't. I can't, I'm not missing a thing I'm not missing. Like, not, what do you want it, me to do? I, what do you I want think me that to do? Is, it really is a, and like, you know, less and less, and like, especially since I've surrounded myself with more queer people in my life, it's, I encounter less and less of that. But it, it really does, when people are still a bit taken aback by it, it really does, I think that's the exact word for it. I think they sense that I have this void. Yeah. And like, there's either like a confusion or like a, you can feel this sort of sense of wanting them to, they feel like they want to apologize to me because like I'm I'm missing something fundamental about me. And then right. in the sort of worst case scenario, like the you know sort of stigma of like the adult virgin kind of thing of like oh well the, like it's such a it's such an ingrained part of our coming of age experience. It's what yeah. all the movies and TVs tell us makes you grown up, yeah. makes you real, makes you in love, yeah. makes you an adult. And so the idea of not 
you know, thank God Gen Z's out here talking about everybody's queer in Gen Z and talking about it on TikTok. And so it feels like there's a, a threshold where like the idea of just being something, whatever it is, is more okay. Yeah. But it really is like seen as a the, the most frustrating times have been when I can feel people on rare, rare, rare moments where people have sort of outright said it. Or, but like a lot of implication of that I have some sort of arrested development. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. I haven't like experienced the high highs and like the crushing lows. That I haven't experienced that kind of like intimate loss when breakups as they exist in my life have happened with like my my closest friendships. Like it is, it is, is it, it is, I'm not saying it's the same thing as like the breaking up of a sexual relationship, but I'm saying it's tantamount. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's paramount. Right. I'm not saying right. it, it, but it is not less than it is tantamount. And it, and it, it is it is its own unique form of sort of grieving and mourning when you when you lose something like that. Especially with like as somebody who doesn't like is, isn't out there having sexual relationships with people. I decided a long time ago like if you're going to you are somebody who still wants a lot like a lot of love and affection in their life in that way yeah. like but but not in that way then you have to go all in with the people who you care most about and there's mm. nothing off limits to the closest people in my life like they yeah. have all the access that a yeah. like hypothetical priority partner would right so if something like that goes wrong or goes awry like i'm losing the people who have that of me who hold right. those pieces of me right so it is it is its own and it you know and in high school it was like so you're a lesbian and it was like well, I don't think so. Like, I couldn't say for sure at the moment. It's all theoretical. And it's hard but- when the when people and we've all been. I th- I'm sure we've all been in this position. I I'm, I know I have. I would be insane to feel like somehow I'd skipped past this. I think it happens to me <laughs> all the time. Is that I have like the best. You have the best liberal progressive intentions. Yeah. Like. You know, like you're like, but with me, I want you to feel comfortable (laughs) if there's a thing that you because if you are part of that of this society, then you also know to a certain degree Mm -hmm. based on whatever your exposure to that has been. Mm -hmm. You may have a sense that like, oh, perhaps like there are people. Yes, there are people who also don't identify as something or feel Mm -hmm. like they're not interested. And then, you know, as you've said, like, I'm leaving it open. I'm not waiting for it. I don't care. And I don't know. I'm just saying, like, in the same way, I don't know what happens when we die. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe something something happens. Maybe it doesn't. But like. I've always been very careful to not forecast how right. like I am this way and this is me that means this is how I'm gonna feel because you can really start to accidentally start holding yourself to internalize expectations without 100%. realizing it 100 percent and then suddenly 100%. if you have a self-identification future identification like oh but I'm not yeah. that person the story I've been telling myself for 50 years is not this exactly and then suddenly you're not only like adventuring into a new thing that is unknown to you that comes with its own, like, you know, the fear or surprises or anxieties around it, suddenly you yeah. have to dishon- decondition yourself from the idea of yourself while also getting over the hurdles of actually doing new things. It's like, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to give myself mm, the extra you. burden of I'm having so to angry. decondition myself the from internet. the person I had the idea of myself as. I want to constantly allow for the permission of the possible. Yes. Because that's just a lot of fucking taking down of walls I don't even want to start building Uh, uh, when things in my life inevitably change in whatever way they do. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Wonderfuls, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You know, we talk a lot about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. 
Uh, For example, some people think you need to wait until things are just utterly unbearable to go to therapy. That's just the opposite of true. Therapy, for me, has helped me in times of crisis, but it certainly has helped me even more as a tool that I have in place before I need the kind of therapy you get in a kind of a more critical time. And it really can help you avoid those lows. I have been truly emotionally saved by therapy many times in my life. I continue to reap the benefits from it and am so happy and proud whenever someone tells me that they've gotten into therapy and that they have let go of this idea that it means they're broken in some way. BetterHelp, of course, is customized online therapy. It offers video and phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't feel like it. And I got to tell you, it can be more affordable than in-person therapy. Also, you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That's no time at all. So why don't you give it a try? See why over 2 million people have been using. See why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the JV Club listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash JV Club. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash JV Club. Therapy rules! You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie, but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast, Feeling Seen, with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts. Everything that you're saying could not like go more against the idea of you being like I'm just not honest with myself about things like it's so anti that you're so not that but you know even with my mash game like we'll do this mash at the end you know that that entails like we say like you know oh mash always this component of this game I'm like oh you have to have this component of like sort Mm -hmm. of romance or sexy times I make fun of myself Mm -hmm. for saying sexy times but (laughs) I I do feel like for the most part I'm careful to say and by the way this could be companionship this could be work crush like I don't maybe I don't say it every time because I've already had an hour-long conversation with someone in which they've identified themselves as being (laughs) in a relationship or whatever but I also love the idea of leaving room for like there were people that I, I'm 100% like, I have straight male friends that mm-hmm. I'm still like, I would love to be in a platonic marriage with this person. Like, oh, yeah. I can, I can fantasize about that way more than I can fantasize about one night stand with Benedict Cumberbatch or whatever. You know? I remember like watching, I was obsessed with the show Big Love. And I remember oh, being like, too. you know what? This would fucking work for me. I, I mean, I, I could live in this it, joined backyard. They make the case for it. They make fucking the case plural for it. marriage yeah. thing. Like, I was like, this actually. I jibe with this a lot. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be, Maybe I'm not, not like, so oh, I'm the... a Nikki or I'm a right. Margie, but like, I would be. <laughs> oh my a... God. Were people doing that like they were with Sex in the City? That'd be so amazing. If you were they like, oh, I'm totally were. a Nikki, it'd be like, oh, excuse me? Oh my God. Like, I wonder <laughs> am I safe with I you? I know, I'm trying to think of like what that tiny like Venn diagram looks like if you're a person who participates in Mormon 
plural marriage in <laughs> yeah. non con, you know non actual mormon i guess because since that's been so like divorced right. from mormonism yeah, to not be to be but be part of that community but also have hbo yeah. and, like be watching it and identifying yourself as that where you're like, like a oh very my God, small number so of people me. <laughs> i could be wrong it might be a huge number of people but that's amazing i yeah. and i like in the the high school like like thinking of the like in the teen context of all this my best friend in like the second half of high school was two years younger than me and I come from a really religious town and she her family that's Oregon what's what's religious about it is it like across the section but I'm from Canby Oregon which is about 20 miles south of Portland and the number of churches per capita is just like fucking ridiculous like it Mm. is it's a very Christian town but it's not all one kind of Christian is it no no they're they're it's it's predominantly Christian but also uh heavily Mormon as well there's a a large uh, a lot of Mennonite folks Okay. A lot of Mennonite folks. Grew up with a lot of dear Mennonite friends. Uh, I think they might be my favorites. Yeah. Um, and uh, my my closest friend went to the uh, Foursquare Church, the Foursquare Evangelical Church, which is pretty – Foursquare is pretty fundamentalist. Okay. It's, it's never, like, I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Foursquare is like the world is 5,000 years old kind of thing. Uh. Like we – I remember like having a conversation with my best friend about like the – the age of the earth at one point i was like oh okay it was a very like i'm not gonna be judgmental like right, i'm right. i'm gonna ask i'm like very curious questions right, right. um but she, like her dad was really strict and almost all of her friends were from church yeah um but she was she was really pretty she was really like she was in the show choir like she was a person that had the kind of social cur- currency mm. that lent itself to not necessarily being a good churchy girl but she was the best churchy girl Uh like she was don't worry anybody i'm sorry everybody who's waiting for the like she had a no she didn't for her to roll up a pack of cigarettes in her sleeve absolutely fucking never she follows in the footsteps of christ (laughs) she is a servant of her lord she is obedient to her parents like that that story does not go this way but the point of it is is that because i wasn't a church kid and i was two years older than her i was 17 she was 15 I was the I was like the questionable influence. I was like your friends at church camp much. are fucking each other. Uh-huh. I have never touched a nude body and have no intentions of it. I don't drink. I yeah. do not do drugs. I will never do those things. Like yeah. I resolved that in middle school. Yeah. And it was like I could not have been. I remember once on the softball team in high school. It was like it was like the the day before prom. And our coach was like, well, uh, have, you know, don't have too much fun this weekend, guys. Just like looking like a really stressed dad for all of us. And yeah. my my friend Christy, the center fielder of the team, was like, oh, don't worry, coach. Like, we're just going to like go to the dance and then come home and like drink Pepsi and eat popcorn. And I was like, Christy, that is what I'm going to do. Like that. It's fine. It's fun. OK, like you're going to have fun in whatever yeah. way you want to. And I'm going to have yeah. fun in whatever way I want to. Yeah. But I was the I was the possible bad influence on my high school friend Christina. Oh my god. Yeah. And so like that's her a, dad that would, says a lot. Oh, he would really like arbitrarily like drop the hammer down about me. Like I remember being there the first time I went over, she had like half a dozen friends sleeping over and I wasn't allowed to sleep over. And so I I was there to like it was like one in the morning. Like I was there till probably like midnight and she, her dad like walked out and Christina was like, can she stay longer? And cause she was hoping that at a certain point he would just be like, yeah, she can just stay the night. Uh-huh. But then he came out again at like one in the morning. He was like, it's time for Jordan to go. Like stood in front of everybody oh, in the room was like, it's time for gosh. Jordan to go home. And Christina looked like she wanted to die. Yeah. And I was like, 
okay. So I got in my car, drove myself home. Another time, he wouldn't let me come over and just like hang out. Like all we wanted to do was talk. So instead, I was a little brat and I drove up in front of her house and parked across the street and we talked on the phone while she sat on her stoop until her dad came out and was like, Jordan can come in for an hour. And I have I have a lovely relationship with her, her. Her mother's always been a wonderful gem. I have a wonderful relationship with both of her parents now. He has softened so much more mm. as he has gotten older. Yeah, he, they are lovely people. But I was like the fucking deviant well, character in the high school comedy. You know what? And when you think about it, it's like, well, if what's more important to him at his fundamental level? Like, is it more important that she went she goes out and get gets drunk a couple of times, but she still believes in our Lord and Savior, or the person that just wants to eat? popcorn with her convinces her there's no god like you're much more terrifying do you know what i mean yeah those other things can be phases but like if you turn her off of the lord that's that's hell she's going to hell so i I remember in in his mind it was like that is much riskier this is much much riskier legitimate point i and i remember i remember one time we were like just like sitting like in like a a field at school and she would like i was like I, i i didn't like I, I was very supportive of her her walk with her faith. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, but I remember one time I was like, so I have a question. I was like, do you do you think I'm going to hell? And she, like, c- couldn't answer me. Yeah. I, and I had to, like, kind of walk her toward I'm like, it's okay. Like, you can say it. Like, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I'm just, like, I'm just really interested in hearing this from you. And she yeah. was like, well, like, you know, like, uh, according to what I – like, she, like – she had a lot of like she mourned yeah. the the idea the to her the truth the inevitability that yeah. i this person who was so important was going to go to hell and it was like we didn't that never came up a conversation it wasn't like a thing we touched on much but like yeah. it was definitely like every once in a while i could feel sort of like a sadness from her oh sure that like i was damned yeah which is <laughs> That's a hard thing to I mean it's it's that it's not like that goes away as people get older if their if their faith is intact and they mm-hmm. continue to have that belief but as a kid there's almost something e- both easier and harder about it because like mm. if as a kid it, possibly you see the simplicity of like well that doesn't make sense like mm-hmm. you see you could see either that yeah. or you live so in the now as a kid mm-hmm. that like truly understanding what it would mean for your dear friend to like be burning in hell forever is not (laughs) you can't ever really make that real enough to Uh to feel like you have to question it like it might just be so far away into the future because you're not thinking about that in any kind of like real sense that you're just like oh yeah no she is gonna go to hell though but I don't know like (laughs) we played basketball yesterday it was super fun so I guess that's what I should focus on you know you know what an interesting thing happened in the sort of long tail of our friendship which is that when she finally um got just just like a handful of years ago now when she finally got together with the guy that she's now married to Cause she did like, she dated like two people in her life. She was, she was, I was always very impressed with her with how, how close she was to the church. She was always very much like, I'm not going to start dating yet because once I start dating, that means I'm trying to find my husband and I don't want to do that right now. Like I want to prioritize my schooling. Like she, you know, she went to various Bible colleges and and got her accreditations, but she was very much like, this is something I need to push back on because it goes one way for me. It's not casual. Like this right. isn't this isn't hooking up with people. Right. So she she only dated a couple guys, but when she found the one, it's really interesting because I think suddenly because we were very close. Like nothing nothing sexy time ever happened with us. Right. But like we we spent 
all of our time together. And we yeah. did have a physical closeness to us. Like there sure. was there was like a comfortable like friendship intimacy there. And again, like was never like heavy petting. We weren't making out. It was all very right. chaste, but right. it was like it was still close. Yeah. And I think I was I think I might have been the only person she ever had that kind of platonic but like involved friendship with. Yeah. And then she got together with her guy. And I think there was suddenly, like, a closeness there that was, like, I'm feeling – I think she felt echoes of, like, how involved she was in that person – with that person in the way that we were involved with one another. Like, our, like, teen codependency. Yes. And it freaked her out. I get it. And I got a long email from her. Okay. About why, like – because I had been trying to, like, meet up with her, like, coming home for Christmas, like – Hey, like, are you going to be around? And then yeah. I noticed she was, like, brushing me off. So I kept, I kept, I started getting really, like, really nose, like, really naggy. Being like, great, I'll meet you anytime, any place. Like, just <laughs> making her say no to me. Right. She's like, oh, well, we're going to be busy with this, busy with this. I was like, how about 7 a.m. at the Starbucks down the street? I was like, I will give you no yeah. excuse to say yeah. no to me unless you just fucking tell me. Yeah. And then, so we never met up that Christmas, but I got an email, like, a couple months later. And she was like, I'm sorry, like, I haven't handled this well. I'm like, I've just needed space. And it's like. I talked to this person maybe quarterly and we right. see each other maybe twice a year. Like right. this wasn't even like we had a standing weekly phone yeah. date. Yeah, yeah. We were not overly in each other's lives. Yeah. But when she started getting involved with this person, I think suddenly she like retroactively was yep. really freaked out yeah. by this person who she knew now in, in her life was queer and who was very like comfortable talking about it. Yeah. And suddenly she was like, oh my God. I had a queer friend who I was really close to in high school and I wasn't really close to anybody like that but yeah. her and does uh what does that make me by default and yeah. I got like a it was the longest fucking email about like how we weren't ever as good of friends as I thought we were oh no <laughs> oh, oh yeah bless, bless oh her heart. yeah yeah and it bless like we have since resolved like I yeah. wrote her a scathing but like not profane like yeah. very fair but like scathing reply yeah. calling her uh, like a bigot and unfair and all this stuff like I I read her for filth yeah and like she was like oh <laughs> I think she realized she didn't have a leg to stand on and yeah. then what she did was really hurtful so we're at a yeah. good baseline now I went to right. her wedding it was lovely right but like it was really interesting like seeing sort of in hindsight what an exception I was for this person and well, how yeah. many walls they took down for me mm-hmm. specifically that in their own hindsight they were like what did I do what did I do what did right. I do what did right, I do right, what did right. I do like did I get did I give this did I give a thing about myself away to this person even yeah. as chaste as it was because she that, had like, no other for... paradigm until him yes and yeah yeah oh, which was a fascinating thing yeah, to be like why are we having this email exchange when i'm you're in your mid-20s and i'm in my early 30s like yeah. what the fuck is this uh-huh. like we're, we're t- <laughs> we are talking about things that are basically from 14 years ago right what are you doing right it was like wow i think you you're having like know. you're having a gay panic you're <laughs> having a gay panic about our lives half a lifetime I think ago that's, i think that's right i mean i think i have a friend i've said this on the podcast before and i and i don't mean her any harm and i don't i'm sure i've never named her but i have a friend that i used to feverishly make out with feverishly make out with <laughs> every chance we had sure. uh, in our friendship and we were really close and then she like totally denied that that ha- like she gaslit me there you go at yeah. some point now we haven't been close for many many years and it's mm-hmm. possible and you know for a number of reasons, most of which is just, yeah, just distance. Your life changes. Yeah. Like, we were already becoming very different people when we, even when we were in high school. Totally. But there, but there was some period 
like in late high school where I think she was at her sort of peak of straightness mm. and I was very open about my, you know, whether I considered it queerness or, or bisexuality, mm-hmm. which was sort of like the most extreme you could go uh, yes, back absolutely. then. Yes, um, absolutely. And it was like not comfortable for whatever, or she just totally, but you know, you, she didn't forget. I mean, like, we're not, we weren't <laughs> that young. Do you know what I mean? We weren't that young. Um, yeah. But yeah, she was like, oh, no, I don't know. Like, she denied it. And wow. similarly, oh. it was like, well, you don't have to be worried now that you're mm-hmm. gay. Like, what? Like, yeah. what is that hurting? But somehow that was dangerous to her. Somehow that was it, dangerous to her. And I totally, I have a lot of sympathy for that, but it also mm-hmm. was, was, and I'm glad, but it, had I not been the person that I was when she did that, like, it really could have fucked with my head. Oh my but God. But I yeah, just absolutely. was like, oh, I, whatever this is, this isn't about me kind of thing. If I had, like, cause, like, you know, like, and again, like, you know, we would sit close to one another. We would, like, sleep near one another. Like, play with each other's hair. Like, that kind of stuff. If I had received a rebuff in real time from something like that, that would have been, like, so, like, shamey and devastating. Yeah. And, like, by the time I got that, even it was so many years later, and I, I had the language for myself, and I had friends, yeah. many queer friends, and I, I could read what she wrote, and I was like, fuck you. This <laughs> oh, no. is some homophobic, weird, oh, veiled bullshit. Yeah. But, like... If I got that, even if I am in college age and got yeah. that, and it was so it was fresher, and there was like our closeness was still something yeah. that was so near in our lives, that would have been devastating. Yeah, that yeah. would have been like a thing I would have had to like recover from. Like yeah. I can talk about it now as like a can you believe? Yeah. But if I was like talking about it as something that happened at like twenty, I'd be like, yeah. And then I went to therapy for it. Like it would have to be that kind of like sorting through who was is their fault? Are you do you feel shame? I, my mom never hassled, my sister, serial monogamist, started dating boys in middle school. We just could not be more different in sort of how we approach that. But I am, I'm like a, I'm like a friend monogamist, so I do get that. Um, But she always like loved that my sister had boyfriends and was always like friends with her boyfriends and was always welcoming of the boyfriends and never like, (laughs) never loved my friends. Like she thought they were great for me, but like wasn't like excited about having them over to the house. Uh And I only found out years later years later and me and my mom have a much more strained relationship now than we used to and it's she's like kind of like veered into resentment politics she's not MAGA but she's like MAGA adjacent it's, I see. but and so I found out years later a friend of my family I was just talking to her catching up with her in town and we were talking about Riley and like her husband and you know he's lovely we love him and I don't remember how we got on the topic but she said to me that she remembered like she just brought up casually that she remembers my mom talking to her when I was in high school about like you know I just don't I don't get Jordy like I don't I don't know what she want and like it doesn't make sense to me like it didn't make sense to her that I didn't want to date anybody let alone didn't want to date boys right but I and I was so grateful when she told me that story that my mom never made it my fucking problem yeah my mom never made it my problem that she didn't understand I didn't hear a word about it there was no like any cute boys at school Jordan like there was none of that she was doing the best she could you felt it but it was but it was could have been felt and experienced in a totally much more like brutal direct way the one time we ever had a conversation um about my sexuality when I was young was like I came out it was middle school it might have been like sixth grade or seventh grade or something I like was I was learning what gay meant yeah and I knew that I wasn't like everybody else but I didn't know if this thing fit me sure but like I was suddenly scared that I was different 
Yeah. And like I my mom was like out in the back like power washing the back patio and because she was constantly working in the yard uh-huh. and I walked out and I was like almost kind of like in it was like in tears and I was like pretty heavily crying and I was like mom I just like I'm just like I don't I like I don't know like I think I like maybe I don't know I might be gay and like I was just like really scared that I I just might be this I thing that all be. I knew was yeah. like people said like that's gay and smear the queer yeah. was like how you heard the word gay in middle yeah. school but my mom was just like okay well you know you're pretty young so I don't know if you're much of anything yet, but yeah. maybe you are. Maybe you're not. If you are, we'll talk about it and it'll be fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was, for the rest of my life, I was fine. Oh, <laughs> it was so like, funny. oh, that was the one time yeah. I was like worried that I wasn't the thing that most people seem to be. And then my mom said that and it, whatever the answer would end up being was like, fine. So yeah. it was like, oh, okay, then I'm good forever. <laughs> well, I wonder if for her, I mean, do you think for her in that moment, there was a sense of like, aha, like, I, well, and I, maybe, I, like, I, maybe there's going to be an, a closeness because she didn't get it, which is like, I mean, obviously now I'm a tiny bit tainted by what you've said about her present politics, but right, had, yeah, had yeah. that not, believe had me, not she is a night and day, like it is yeah. like a pod person body snatcher uh, I situation. I mean, I really do. I feel like that's, oh, you're not the only one, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah so crazy but the idea of feeling like as a parent if you're if you're if you do really love your kid yeah and you and you what you feel is the absence of like am am i doing something like like i don't i'm not being confided in yeah so am i doing something wrong like why can't Mm -hmm. i connect with my child on this level and so even just you saying i might be gay and like giving her an opportunity to be a person that could say like well, I, I would have worked yeah. something different if I knew this conversation yeah. were coming today. Yeah. This is kind of a big deal. Um, I had a sweater I was going to put on. Uh, okay, let's talk. Well, when you know, like, I'm yeah. here, you know what I yeah. mean? To like, ooh, this is, ooh, you know, well, bonding. We, we, were, we were never a house that we never, and like, even even now, like, we don't talk about, we don't talk about sex stuff. We don't, like, the most uncomfortable experience, me and my mom, I'm, I'm sure this is true for both of us. Our shared most uncomfortable experience with each other was watching the movie election yeah when we had no idea what was gonna go on in that movie i for years thought election was a horrible movie because i felt so uncomfortable watching it with my mom Uh like we don't talk about sexy things we're not like ooh, that's a cute so or even like that's a pretty lady like we don't do that I don't, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, my sister's never had sex with a guy she's been with for 16 years. Yeah. Not possible. Yeah. She's gonna, that's, if she gets pregnant one day, it will be an immaculate conception. Like, yes, I know she does, but like, we just don't do that as a family. Right, right, So like, right. that was probably the most closely resembling, like, anything, as close as we ever got to the talk about right. anything. Yeah. I just, yeah. I watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of TV. I read stuff. Like, they were, my parents were always very clear, like, if you have any questions about anything ever, go ahead and come to us. They yeah. never raised the topics themselves because uh-huh. it was like, this is excruciating. <laughs> but I never felt like I didn't have a place to go. It was just like, nah, cool. I don't I don't want to talk to you about uh, it. Like, like fist bump. And then we, like, walk yeah. away. Like, we, we, it's like an agreement in my family. We don't talk about, like, very those kinds of things yeah like i have to call them those kinds of things because even <laughs> saying still... sex stuff in relation yeah. to my family is like uh-uh, uh-uh. it no, stays no, 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 no. vague it stays vague yeah yep never never real i want to get into this mash game but right yes. before i do i do want to ask you and 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 i and i will be so like 
angry at myself if this falls in any way towards the category of like, oh, I'm trying to explain asexuality. Mm. I want you to know mm. that is not what I'm trying to do at all. Okay. But I am intrigued as a kid. And again, everyone comes from where they come from. I made a lot of mistakes mm, okay. or I had a lot of hurt that came from my mm-hmm. hormones and wanting sure. to touch people's boobs and stuff yeah, or wieners totally. or whatever. And I also, those same rushes of hormones were also a, a reason that I took respite in getting stoned or mm-hmm. drinking or what have you. And so my question is not, a, it's not in, a negativity and it's not lumping sexuality into addiction. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if for mm-hmm. you there was something that, was a, a place where you felt like this is where my tension goes or this is where I get a high mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I then make bad decisions off of. <laughs> Whether it's a social high of being approved of, that's why some mm-hmm. people end up getting drunk because it sure. feels great to get that attention from someone. Or mm-hmm. I have a clinical depression and it feels good to smoke pot because I disconnect from my body. Totally. Or I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not doing well in school anymore, but some boy told me I was pretty and so I'm going to fuck him and then I'm going to think I'm in love with him and then I'm going to suffer the heartbreak of someone I really didn't have any respect for but they rejected me so that's where I spent my time feeling shitty is like about myself and so I'm just wondering because you happen to be a person who happened to volunteer to me that you have this element but also Mm -hmm. the elements of like I don't feel the need to lean on a substance for this I'm just wondering, I don't even know what I'm asking. I think I'm just saying, like, <laughs> did you have those things where you were like, oh, my God, my heart's racing. My face is flush. Like, I need it. I need something or or mm-hmm. or are you are you just like very lucky to not also because, again, <laughs> many of my worst decisions have come from mm-hmm. like in the same way that my friends who have kids are like, don't have kids or like. <laughs> You don't. If you don't think you want to have kids, don't I love them, have but them. Don't. Don't yeah. have them because I would not have wanted what comes with this. I can't trade it, and I wouldn't trade it now. And I wouldn't. But also, but... you're not missing. So that's part of it for me. Is like you're not missing a lot. Like someone might be like, "Oh, you're really missing out on." And I'm like, "Uh, she's also not missing out on this, 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 and this." <laughs> Are no, you saying I, you wouldn't mind if that were gone? I wouldn't mind, you know. I no, it's I because my my uh, I come from a I come from a I come from a thriving family of addicts and alcoholics, and right. so I decided at um a very very young age, like every story, not my mom, but my my dad, um, he was an alcoholic from I think about twelve, mm. and there was a, a a family tragedy there. He lost his sister. Mm. He was with her. They were out in a hiking accident. Oh, like Jesus they were Christ. climbing around, just kids. That's and I can't even imagine that from I can't, that I mean, I can't. like yeah right like in with his parents like. It was this. It was the sixties, seventies. Yeah, like yeah. the way they coped was with alcohol. The way my yeah. my grandparents coped was buying their son alcohol to deal with it. Oh like at least God. he's at home. Yeah. So it comes from a like. There's a lot of that. And so my dad started using so young. And the sixties and seventies are a different time. There was mm-hmm. a different relationship with drugs and doing yeah. drugs all the time, yeah. and that just being like chill. And so any, I w- if we didn't hear stories about my dad when he was fucked up, we wouldn't have heard stories about him. <laughs> 
And like, you know, That'll do it, maybe. yeah, when he's sitting at the table and he's like, so I was out with your uncle Jeff and we wrecked grandpa's car and I was probably 15 and we were fucking loaded. And yeah. it was like, oh, my God. And yeah. like the stories were funny, but I, I with my grandma being an alcoholic and with him being in recovery and then he relapsed again when I into pain pills when I was in, in high school, and early college. Yeah. He's sober now, but it was always so close yep. like the whole like I when I started coming into the consciousness of like the, the conversation like addiction is a disease yeah I have my issues with that but like the idea of it being like being genetically predisposed to it right, I was right. like oh the thing I need to do is literally never fucking touch the stuff gotcha and so like in middle school and my sister she has like a fine casual relationship with alcohol now she'll have a glass of wine she's like a she's like a choco teeny kind of girl like out <laughs> on the town sometimes yeah and but like very minimal yeah i've seen her drunk one time and it was her bachelorette party and she threw up out the window of the party bus like we're not conditioned for this yeah and so it was very much out of fear that i originally made the choice of like oh i can never do any stuff like that because like i'm gonna become an addict and it's gonna be really bad sure and then i just didn't do it for so long and i'm extremely extroverted Uh that and uh have always kind of had a shocking amount of confidence yeah like it never felt like i was didn't belong a place that i was just like i'm here and of course i should be and so by the time i got to college i was just and so like typically what i found is that when people start drinking they get to where i am right so when you're around a bunch of people drinking they're just doing the work for you (laughs) and you are you are drunk by community like god absolutely the social contract is then written for intoxication yeah and so then you're just there most people thought i was wasted when we were out like partying in college and but i never was and but then i just it went for so long that it was like why would i start now like i i I, there's absolutely no choice i wish i was making that i need a thing to prompt me into and like i'm having a good time and i'm never hung over and i'm saving a lot of money yeah so it was just there was never a reason to and now it's like it's a part of my personality that i do i do take a lot of pride in like i don't want to start casually having wine i'm sure there's a lot to enjoy with micro brews it's like but no i don't drink yeah, like, I, I, mean, I don't, don't really, get intoxicated. Don't yeah. And that's a thing that I like about me. Yeah. And fully support my friends going out and getting blitzed and me going with them and having a, a grand yeah. old time. I'm impressed that you can have a great time because I would say that is that is impressive to me because I have not <laughs> I've not been a drinker for most of my I mean, basically almost all of my adult life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh not because I'm sober, I'm not, but mm-hmm. um because it's just not a I just don't enjoy it. Um right, I yeah. just I just don't my yeah, I've never like my tolerance level is low. I get sleepy. Mm-hmm. I get depressed. <laughs> I don't get know. fun. I don't. I really I don't. don't. Get fun. I just don't. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but being around drunk people is very difficult for me. <laughs> and just I in have the sense that I'm like being around oh, my drunk friends you're not, is a blast. Like, yeah, I wish being around I, drunk general population. Maybe that's. I what don't it need is. like I don't yeah. need to go out to a bar and hang out with drunk strangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I will yeah. go with my sauced friends wherever yeah. they want, and we're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have a great time. Yeah. But like yeah, like people coming up to me and interacting with they're drunk. I'm like what what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, get out of my area. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's not a general population. I don't just, like, Got love it. drunk people. <laughs> but, like, I'm a drunk whisperer when it comes to, like, the oh, people in my own great. life. And I also, like, my – the thing that I am susceptible to is my interpersonal relationships. Yeah. I – and I have thought about this, like, thinking of, like, the multiverse again, like – I wonder, like, even if it hadn't, like, God, if I had been like, well, I guess I'll, like, experiment. Like, I don't know. Like, just try taking people in high school. Like, I would have, with boys, I have a very low tolerance for uh, boys who need 
women like mm. you need to be self-sufficient like even then in high school it was like I you're obnoxious like I don't want to I don't want to help you <laughs> I don't want to take care of you yeah. I don't want to like do anything for you like you be- I, 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 I want you to be self-sufficient and respectful and take a responsibility for yourself like my daddy issues are that like I refuse to be I refuse to indulge people who Understood. are like the shitty parts of my dad Understood. but boy Will I just fold like a house of cards for a pretty girl with a problem? (laughs) Just I and and like you still get the high, you still get the oxytocin when you're when you're touching someone. I mean, it doesn't have to turn in and dopamine. It doesn't have to turn into like wanting to have sex. It's still like intoxicating just to be close to someone. Like that's still a drug. Oh, oh, absolutely. Especially like younger. The, I would, the thing I'm probably most proud of that I have like done work on on myself is my like love of being needed. Love it. Yeah. My mom needs to be needed. It's like fundamental. Yeah. I don't need to be needed, but yeah. I sure do like it. Yeah. And through college me and into like mid 20s, being needed was that feeling. Yeah. And I ended up falling into a wonderfully uh volatile and enriching and uh everything codependent friendship with my best friend who I lived with in San Francisco for a number of years this was a friend I met in San Francisco separate from high school best friend but like we met each other right at a time when like she was exiting her college relationship and it was ending badly and she was depressed and couldn't be alone and I was like I specialize in emotional availability <laughs> and so like our first two months of living together we stayed we stayed in the same bed sure because she didn't want to sleep alone yeah. and I was like not a problem for me I love being close like yeah and it was like we live together we work together we have all the same friends yeah and if she like met a new person she would always invite me to hang out with her in that new person so right. I could be with her too yeah and like I would like make us breakfast in the mornings and stuff like on the weekends and I remember like more than one occasion I would be at the store like a block away getting groceries and she would text me when she got up and be like where are you you're not here and I'd be like oh I'm just getting groceries to make us breakfast uh-huh. like and it worked great for me and yeah. I knew like e- in the moment even it was like you know what this isn't sustainable right. this isn't right. gonna last forever right. but right. you know what while we're in this yes. period I thrive. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that I was, but for being a sexual companion to this person, I was every box to check. Yes. I do great in that situation. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's healthy. Doesn't mean it can stick around. But like that feeling of being that person, I... I enjoy too much being every being every a person's answer to every question. Right. When right, right. nobody can be the answer to every right. question and you should not have one person who you are expecting to be. Right. And but that is the thing that like I definitely like didn't forsake all others, but I absolutely like it was 100% like being in a codependent like romantic relationship. Like I didn't keep as in as good a touch with my friends outside of that friendship. Sure. I didn't maintain my relationships outside of it. Yeah. I would like leave other places early if that person wanted me to be with them and spend yeah, time yeah, with them. Yeah. That is the thing yeah. that I would, that is like sort of the Jordan Cruciola version mm-hmm. of like making bad choices for a person. Understood. Because I never. familiar to me. Very yeah, familiar the, to me. The bad choices were never going to be going out and getting hammered. They were never going to be self-harm. Yeah. Like, for me, that's that's not a part of my specific story. And I think often about, like, the idea of if I if in high school I had given 
myself over to oh my god I I mean it's all valuable it's all life experience it would have made me a different version of the great person I am today but I am so glad Uh (laughs) I I was not fighting the battles yeah of relinquishing myself to those exact kinds of like sad pretty girl with a problem uh-huh. things in high school yeah. I mostly like very energetic extroverted friends we did theater I was in sports we were on yearbook like yeah. it, but I if I had done the thing my version of that I think would have been like finding the finding the girl who I could be the best best friend of yeah. and completely fucking off right, from right. other things that would have yeah. like supported me and made me happy yes. that would have been my version of it and Again, that a life well lived that would have been, but I am not upset that it's, I am not sorting out the fucking wreckage yes, 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 of yes, those yes. relationships yes. and how they would have fucked my self-confidence, yeah. <laughs> my sense of worth, my time sure. management. Because I would yeah. have. I would yeah. have had a series of quote unquote bad breakups in high school yeah. where I was probably I would probably have like a different best friend every six months or every school year. Right. And like until they completely uh drained me of all my resources and then found the boyfriend that they actually right. thought would do the things right. that like they were actually getting from me but the yeah. boy wasn't as good at but they were sexually into the boy like yes. that would have been yes. my version of that story and it would have been that's so easy sad you've, you've painted a very distinct Ooh. and very understandable picture and i too am very glad for you that you did not have to deal with that i'm i'm that would have like I, I the like the almost just like the close to just like hubristic level of like yeah. belief i have in myself i think would have taken some severe fucking hits uh-huh. if i had <laughs> given into my like desire for yeah. need and com- like companionship that was absolutely dependency right because right. i just right. wanted someone to have me be all their things yeah and i'm i'm it would have been a thrill. Yeah. It would have been a fucking pop song, man. Yeah. But like, it's 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 a it's it, those are scars. I'm glad to not have yeah. those specific ones. Oh my god. I'm glad. I'm glad. Oof, like yeah. when I started getting into those codependencies, I had like developed communication tools and adult coping skills where yeah. I could be like, okay, I can take myself out of this and go at thirty thousand feet and look at it from above. Yeah. And I'm not going to make different choices in the moment, but I am going to see what's coming, and yes. I am going to at least like be responsible enough to be like, all right, Jordan, are you going to make a choice that's going to continue leading you down this path? Yeah. Well, yes, you are. Uh huh. But like, at least, at least you're not going to be. Question. Yeah, at least the uh, at least the potential outcomes that are negative aren't going to shock you, even yeah. if they're going to annihilate you. Yes, yes. Oh my God, so well I, said. I I Ugh. ended here of my own volition. Yeah, <laughs> I am in this bullshit of my own volition of sound mind and body. There is a I wasn't very just, big distinction. Between yeah, you. I wasn't swept up in like how did we get here? <laughs> oh oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fantai, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive? question mark Uh aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it (laughs) 
<laughs> Period. I'm going to do this MASH game with you. Yeah. Uh, I, don't worry. We will talk about the new podcast. That's kind of where this the MASH game breaks up temporarily uh-huh. for, for that and then uh, resumes with the end where I give you all of your alternate universe Great. realities. Great. Your mm-hmm. MASH future or existing alternate universe. Yeah. I haven't um, done a MASH game in ages. Okay, this is exciting. Well, I'm going to try to hopefully give some good... Uh, Categories. Let me go ahead and start with the biggie. So many pieces of notebook paper spent on Mash. Oh my god! I know. I can't. I say I can't let go of it. I guess I can't get let go of like weird pseudo wish fulfillment. Um, okay, first category for you. Going to start out swinging. Coming out mm-hmm. swinging. Three movies that you can walk into and just be in and be mm-hmm. hanging with the characters and be in that world, not reliving the plot. You're not a character in it. You're you, but you mm-hmm. get to just immerse yourself in that world. Three. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I understand that this probably could change by tomorrow. Like, if, if you were, if I'm asking about a lot of things you love, but go ahead. Let's go. Let's let's take a let's take a mixed bag. Let's go. Serenity, right? The t the film uh, extension of the series Firefly. Firefly sure. Uh, all about Eve. Right. For just the the glamour. Yeah. And Jennifer's body. <laughs> Am I correct in that I give me Jennifer check lording house. over my existence? I was at someone's house and that movie was on and that was the closest I've come to seeing it. But if I remember correctly, the brief scene I saw involved one of the characters saying, oh, move on dot org. Yeah. And move I on dot org, like, lady. That's very funny. That's very you, funny. I am I am arguably America's foremost Jennifer's Body scholar. Fantastic. Um, and I would highly recommend you checking out that movie in its entirety. And Amanda Seyfried's character is named her name is Needy Lesnicki, which of course shortens to Needy Les. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, do you watch Succession? I do watch Succession. Okay, yes. everyone. I understand that everyone watches Succession. So I'm, believe sure. me, I'm not. It's not a hot, a hot brag I'm doing. But <laughs> I, only now in this season did I suddenly realize that all of the kids' names are like destructive or demeaning, like their nicknames. <laughs> like okay, Shiv, I already knew. Like that's very obvious, Shiv. But then yeah. I was like, oh, Rome, the fall of Rome. Rome. Uh-huh, Ken uh-huh, okay. is like Kendall, Kendall, Kendall. Oh God, yeah, he is. Um, Who's Connor? Connor is like, oh, because they call him con. Like, con? Oh, it's just a con. Like, it's an anti. Like, oh, there's pros and cons to every family. He's a con. Right? Isn't that crazy? I love that. I was like. I love that. I think I, I think I just, like, unpacked a secret mystery. And I'm sure it's one of those things where, where, the, where that delightful British guy who created it would be like, oh, no, that's not intentional at all. Um, good on you. The Shiv could not be. Shiv could not be a better. Shiv is on purpose. Shiv could not be a better nickname. Shiv is on purpose. But then I really think. Now I really think that they're all on purpose. Okay. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to unpack that. Okay. Next. Yeah, yeah. Next one is three places in the real world whether you've been there or not Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that we can sort of uh, transport you we can teleport you and you have a second home not necessarily Mm. a vacation home could be a fully Mm -hmm. active busy career home three Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna cop out on one and say Portland which is it's you know it's it's it kind of counts as hometown but like if I could have a second home in Portland that would be a fucking dream not a cop out um I I will go with my favorite, like I will go with the most beautiful place uh, on when I when I studied abroad in Italy, 
I will go with the like the Cinque Terre like right. trails in 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 north in a uh, coastal Italy. Right. And then another one. Gosh, another one. Hmm. You know, this is interesting because it's like I want them to evoke different things. Mm-hmm. I want them to like accomplish different things. I totally and I don't get like that. and I don't like humidity. So like it takes I on a lot of the either. tropics. I, I I really do not prefer to exist in humidity. Yeah. Um, let's go with Detroit Lake in Oregon. Because I like where I am in L.A. I like where I am in L.A. So I'm going to pick a few, few few spots back in Oregon. Great. I mean, I love Oregon, so I oh, totally wait. get it. Oh, wait. You know what? Because oh, I do oh, have an Oregon. Oh. I'm going to change it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. change it to uh, Sausalito Great. on the San Francisco Bay. Yes, indeed. Ooh, good pick. Sometimes people forget about Sausalito. That fucking, there that inlet, man, Tiburon. Know, so charming. Right around. It's so gorgeous. It's so the charming. bridge. Like, yeah. I, Angel yeah. Angel Island's I, right there. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I spent seven years in San Francisco, and it is absolutely just one of the most beautiful cities you could spend Couldn't time in. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Uh, okay, next one. Let's do three characters from, could be TV, could be books, could be <laughs> movies, but three characters we sort of pull out of their universe and kind of bring into yours. So <laughs> you have this like buddy to hang out with in this reality, but it's it's one of these people from, the, from one of those. Okay. I'm going to make one of them uh, Spencer from Pretty Little Liars, okay, my great. favorite Pretty Little Liar. Great. My my absolute favorite Pretty Little Liar. Um, oh, I feel like I might. I feel like I might have to go. I feel like I might have to go back to the well. And is it like it's like you know that call of the self destructiveness to be like Jennifer Check? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like I couldn't not say Jennifer Check. Great, let's do it. <laughs> and that's Megan Fox, right? Just oh yeah. I mean, I yeah, know that's... it's not it's not her, but it is her. Okay, great. <laughs> Yeah, but it but it is. Right. And then okay, like this is one I really like I really want to get it right. I know. And I'm like, "Oh, these are these are the most important. These are the most important things." I'm ready for the email an hour from now. That's like, <laughs> "God damn it." <laughs> Absolutely. Um I'm going to go into the annals of the L word. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm going to pick Dana. Which one's who, Dana? Is that the one who never should have died of cancer but did? Oh no! Wait, I yeah. watched all of L Word and I can't—I don't remember who died. She's the tennis pro from the original. Oh yes! Oh yeah. God! Ugh, I'm yeah. gonna do this because I'm saving Dana by doing this. Great. Save her. And Dana was the best person in that entire group of people. And that's They're why all she had to pretty die. bad people. <laughs> yeah. So she was like offered as a the, sacrifice. She was the Simon in Lord of the Flies. She was going <laughs> to die. I mean, right now, I want to hang out with the entire cast of Yellow Jackets, so. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. It's, you know the premise? I remember knowing that I knew the premise, and I could not tell you what it is right now if I had to. It takes place in two timelines. It's, you, we. Oh, wait, is that the one Melanie's on? Melanie Linsky? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. Could not have forgotten faster that that was the name of it. It is so good. It It looks so good. Real satisfying. Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, it is. Great. Great, great, great. Okay, fantastic. All right. 
Uh, okay. So next one, let's do three foods that in our reality, maybe it's like, you know, for me, I do miss the days when I would just like blithely eat like mm-hmm. five packages of my dad's peanut M&Ms that he had mm-hmm. to hide from me in the laundry room, like really <laughs> high up, hoping I wouldn't find it. And I would always mm-hmm. find them uh, yeah. without feeling sick. I wish I could still do that. Can't do it. Not saying like I rue the day and I'm miserable because of it. But mm-hmm. if I could have the that back, I would mm-hmm. take it. So it could be something like that. It could be like something fatty, something or it could be something ecologically that you're like, I'm just not a person who eats, you know, spare ribs anymore. But yeah, what if it weren't <laughs> yeah. bad? Or and, and it could be like, oh, my God, I had this one, you know, uh, parmesan, uh, you know, a pasta when I was in Cinque Terre. Yeah. And I can't I'll never be able to get that same flavor. So it could be any of those things, three mm-hmm. items that we're going to give you. You can have at the snap of your fingers and we've removed all negative ramifications. Uh, well, the king of snacks. Trader Joe's herbed popcorn. Great. Has to be on there. Great. Uh, again, the king of snacks. Great. Um, my favorite, which I'm actually making tonight, my favorite single, like, dinner, like, entree, uh, Parmesan chicken with white wine basil cream sauce. Great. Uh, that is that's that's like my Yum. family's house classic. Yeah, we we it's like if, when there's a when there's an occasion, it's like oh should we do Parmesan chicken? Like yeah. it is, it's a staple. <laughs> Love it. It is a staple, and mm, you know what? I'm actually gonna go with another home cooked one. I'm gonna go with uh, another thing. It was my mom's recipe, but we we all do them now. Baked tomatoes. Okay. That have this like topping of mayonnaise parmesan breadcrumbs oh, sure oregano salt and pepper yeah oh my yeah, that god sounds great. it forms this like little crispy topping and i yeah. love tomatoes yeah. so if i could have if and like it's one of those things where like maybe you like if you could eat like one tomato in a sitting as a snack and suddenly you can eat three of three tomatoes worth of these baked yes. tomatoes you're like how would i eat so many of these fucking tomatoes yes yes oh my god they're so good Fantastic. yeah that that'll be my that'll be my th- my things fantastic okay this one is a little bit so this isn't the buddy so maybe you've expended maybe in your mind you were imagining the sort of like intense passionate i'm everything to this person in mm-hmm. this friend but this sure. but this is also that this is the this is the like pretty girl with a problem opportunity where it's like whether it crashes <laughs> and burns or evolves Isn't it into an opportunity a, or evolves into the long-term platonic marriage i still feel like it's possible between me and emma yeah. thompson uh, yeah it could yeah. still happen i could yeah. still like clean the crumbs from her face <laughs> yeah, exactly. on her birthday from her cake when she's 95 <laughs> it could still happen uh so three three relationships mm-hmm. like that um in this alternate universe with either real existing people or people characters mm-hmm. from anything cartoons don't care right kristen stewart right. well we can put kristen stewart Get her in there, there. right <laughs> let's say she's very good at playing characters of females who have problems <laughs> There's so many tears of interest for yeah, me. Yeah. In so many tears of interest for me. In that um Maggie Chung generally, but also Maggie Chung like specifically in In the Mood for Love. Great. Because wow. Great, great, great. And truly, if I could spend my life in the service of Hunter Schaefer, I would. If I could be Hunter Schaefer's like I will I will protect this person and care for this person yeah. for all of time Hunter Schaefer amazing Absolutely. amazing this is utterly amazing utterly bewitched by that fabulous amazing fabulous person amazing list um okay uh next one let's do three alternate universe careers 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? This is alternate universe wish fulfillment. So this is like the highlights. Because yeah. I, I don't need anybody being pragmatic, being like, well, as much as I would love to be a chef, when I think about the food <laughs> yeah. waste, it's like, no, 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 this is not that. This is like you're having a dream and everything's perfect in it. Yeah. Um, so three alternate universe careers that you get to uh, potentially experience. Well, okay. So ex- going from journalism into film production, which is what I'm doing now, I will say that like a fantasy version of journalism yeah. for me would be to to be Kyle Buchanan. Right. Like yep. to, to be the like and, and him specifically not even like to have the role of like it was carpetbagger now it's the projectionist but like to be kyle buchanan specifically right. Right, what right, a right, fucking right. dream right. um to be a like beloved fashion photographer great like the, that's the, such the, a great choice and it's very the, no one has ever picked that before but it Keep going, but like the one yes. who like ends up being like eighty years old, and every model and fashion designer is like hugging them on a red carpet because they've known them forever and they're so dear to them, and they've been in this life of unhinged fabulosity for like their entire existence. Like beloved fashion photographer. Yeah. Yep. I get it, and I think that's fucking amazing. <laughs> that's a great choice. Like it, yeah, I not, see not all like of a the shrewd things that one. fulfills. No, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then I, because I think I would just be re, I would be really good at this, like that. And this is, this is going to be, this is going to be another like celebrity oriented thing. I would be the best, like manager, best friend production partner of a famous person. Oh, sure. I like the, like that all, that all star, like catch all person. I would be so good as that, like a number one, like I'm the support. I'm behind the scenes. I do all the things. Like I, I get to be needed. Like I, that would just be, I feel like that. I mean, if that, if you want that, like go take it because you totally, you absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. If I like, if I like happened into that and just like, Oh God, it's crazy. I just grew up with Brie Larson yes. and like and like suddenly yes. like that's our lives yes, like indeed. that would have been yeah. that would have been like what an arc to have had that yeah like just already in in oh, place that's great okay great all right uh second to last one let's do three let's uh let's give you the chance to do a little bit of time traveling in your safety mm. bubble you get mm-hmm. to see a certain place or era you get to see a certain event you could solve a certain mystery that people are mm. still arguing about it's really mm-hmm. up to you but just know that you're not going to like be killed for your beliefs or die of like <laughs> yeah. the grip because you're safe. Yeah, totally, totally. So this is this is going going back to like either like a historical point in time or like a place. Yeah, or yeah, you could be like Paris in the twenties, or you could be like right. I need to know for sure. I I, I I refuse to use the JFK model because I'm so tired of that. But like, right. you know, like finally everyone will know. Okay, I'm going to do blah, blah. finally. Yeah. Everyone will know what really happened with Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift. Great. I will be at that Great. club. I will be at that concert. Great. I will be standing right behind them yeah. and I will see what the grainy video captured uh-huh, uh-huh. and what <laughs> so really satisfying. happened there. Yeah. I will solve Kayla. Great. Great, 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 great. It is the only it is the only pop culture like gossip that I'm actually truly interested in. Yeah. Is really is it. just like I don't like go down I'm not like a Tumblr person. Yeah. I don't go down all the rabbit holes. Yeah. I'm very casual about it. But if there's one where it's like you could have one answer to a piece of celebrity got that's it. Yeah. Great. That's the one. Great. Um uh, I would wanna I would I think I would wanna do like LA in the eighties. Great. Like hair metal sunset strip 
yeah. L.A. whiskey a go go yeah. in the 1980s. Yeah, I would have just breathing garbage. Like when we would visit. <laughs> I'm from Arizona, and my dad's one of my dad's best friends lives in La Cañada, and we would we would drive out in the 80s when I was really little, and I would like get to La Cañada and come out and get out of the car and immediately start coughing. <laughs> Oh like God. immediately you get a tickle in your throat <laughs> and it lasts for like a day and then you get used to it and then your lungs are like oh I get it I get it we're inside the chimney of the world we'll just adjust yeah. it's fine and then you don't notice yeah. it anymore which is terrifying the 80s I, LA I love it I don't like the movie the good guys um but I do like that there is an entire pl- like that the entire like overarching plot is like that a, a company's trying to manipulate the EPA. Yeah. And that the pollution is so bad in Los yeah. Angeles. Like they're staging yeah. like die-ins yeah. on the on the steps of government buildings. Yeah. It's like, guys, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> like it was really, really <laughs> fucking terrible. We'll have to talk about the good guys sometimes because I have a very soft spot for that movie, even though it's probably People love that all, movie. But... People love that movie and I I I I, I don't begrudge people loving it. I'm a Shane Black fan a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. It was just that one. It's like, oh, it's just women. We're just going to keep killing these women. No, huh? I know. Just going to have know. fun killing these I women. Know. I, know. I like, I, like how, how could you give us all of that time and all that pursuit of, of, hey, guess what, everybody? I'm going to spoil it. Margaret Qualley's character. Yeah. And then she just dies I know, I know and like it doesn't change anybody and yeah. nothing is different yeah. and like nobody cares yeah. it was like but wait why didn't you just kill her that's off that's my problem with it too like the woman in the beginning like I, mean, I, I don't like yeah. how she died either but it was just yeah. like wait a minute like nobody's even like gonna mourn this it was just like we're still making glib jokes well we're for sure still... i mean like we're yeah i don't but people I mean, love that movie it is beloved. Na- i mean like can, can you name me a shane black movie i mean i guess no nah, it's, it's, it's his thing but like it's his it's thing. His thing. he knows how to write yeah. for straight boys who like haven't yeah. uh, still have like boners constantly like constant, they're, bo- they're, they're like constant boners. great funny characters who just have boners for women and like mm-hmm. that tr- the way that translates into a lot of his films like is not great for women <laughs> No, no, you're absolutely right. Not and I to don't say know that what I it don't is. think he's a woman hater. It's more, it's less, it's it's less, uh, it's it's like you know, it's a little more insidious, a little more like G shucks, like oh Shane, yeah. come on, you're better than this. Like it's those and moments, I think. As somebody who who enjoys a lot of, it, 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 I don't know why that one specifically, the good guys. I'm yeah. just like, not, I don't know why that it. one hits it. different because it is completely in line tonally. Yeah, it's a Shane Black movie. Like yeah. it feels like a Shane Black movie. It's not exceptional yeah. in that way. Um, but yes. Um, okay. So, uh, LA in the eighties gonna die. Great. Um, you know, I want to party with James Spader, man. <laughs> you bet. You fucking bet you do. Yeah, I do. So do I. Um, uh, the, the mystery of Kaler and, um, let's go. It's like another one. Like, I don't have a desire. Like, I want to, like, walk around in New York in the 70s for a minute, but I don't want to stay. Right, right. Like, I, I, I don't want to stay. Yeah. Um, that, hmm. But, I mean, you could decide. It's You could be like, and I had five minutes, and I used my five minutes, and, like, that was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> I don't even have, like, a specific city for it, but it kind of, like, I, I wish I could have that, like, wonder years. Like, yeah. like let's say, just say like yeah. small town USA yep probably the 60s being a teenager yep and like during the summer 
Like yeah. I, 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 that just like, you know, ruffians riding around on their bikes, yep. see it, come back at dinner is yep. the only mandate. Like yep. that, I have a romantic soft spot for that. As somebody yeah. who doesn't do a ton of romanticizing for the past, yep. that one, I'm, I like watch those movies, like it's very tragic, but like stand by me, but like that kind of stand by me. Yeah. Now and then. Mm-hmm. Fucking now and then. It's like, you know what it is? Of... It's like the um, intoxication of someone else's nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not and... our nostalgia, but there's, but we love trying on that nostalgia. And, like, yeah. it feels, it's like one step removed in a way that yeah. I really appreciate and I totally understand and agree with. It just, like, it. there's, it's, I rarely, like, again, I rarely romanticize the idea of, like, ah, simpler times. Yeah. But, like, the kind of, like, you know, <laughs> as Cousin Greg said, better times? No, no, not, not for all. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like yeah. so it's not, like, yeah. better times. Yeah. But the sort of, the sort of streamlinedness of right. being specifically a teen yeah. in, like, a suburban area. Yeah. In that, like again riding around on your on your your bicycle with your yeah. friends and getting penny candy and going uh-huh. to the soda fountain kind of bullshit yeah like you'd be very I'd selective like to know. about all of that i know i totally i totally get I'd it i'd like to I know totally get it uh okay great and then final one is i'm giving you the opportunity to just go ahead and take over credit for mm. uh, three films so it could oh, be like amazing. oh you didn't know that i wrote blah 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 i did wow. i i actually wrote that or like i remember when i won my oscar for uh, <laughs> like it's now it now it now history has morphed to somehow you are yeah. the person you're the brains behind it or you're the cinematographer behind it or you wrote the script you know and we're like wow. on set giving some you know tips to the oh my god three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um I I would 100% take credit for uh, writing. I know that the writer is Josh Stolberg, but Sorority Row from 2009. Great. Sorority, what, just fucking love that movie. Sorority Row Never 2009. Seen it. Never seen it. I, it is, it's, to, it's, it is, it entered to, it is, it is a, as me and my friend Sam, who have the Ots pod call it, it is the mega mix of the 2000s put into a movie and it's actually like in on and making it you're laughing with it you're not laughing at it the movie is fucking hysterical yeah and it has an all-time mean girl in the the like the the president of the sorority uh played by in a tour de force performance by leah pipes uh so i would totally take credit for writing sorority row and be so proud of that right um (laughs) i would I would take credit. For, I would take credit for, Jen, for Jennifer's body. Right. I would take. Credit I was for wondering like, if you were going to. I'm the writer the director of Jennifer's I mean, body. I think the fr- Thank the you. Trifecta is is uh, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. in nature we love a we love a three <laughs> we love threes. So I'm into and it's it. like it's like when something's nominated for best director, best picture, and best actress. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> like best right. director, best screenplay, best best picture. Right. Um, that oh my god, I would take credit for Mad Max Fury Road. I am the virtuoso director of Mad Max Fury Road. Great. great like, great, I great. did it. I reinvented action cinema. <laughs> great. Great, great, great. Okay. All right. Uh, give I, me... I, I, 
Oh, yeah. I no, want no, no, it like, oh, I'm thinking the, what was the last category of like three people? What was the last category of three people that I picked? Oh, uh, where Dana is one of them. Oh, that category was Spencer from Pretty Little Liars, Jennifer Check, and Dana. And that was like buddies you pull out of a story and bring Okay. Into and your what life. was, what was the other one? And the other one was, was some sort of impassioned relationship in whatever way, uh, mm-hmm. however long that materializes. Kristen Stewart, Maggie Chung, and Hunter Schaefer. You know what? Let's put Taylor Swift in there. Okay. We'll, we'll take out Hunter and we'll great. put in Taylor Swift because great. she's the number one. Great. Great. It great, had great. it was almost it was too big and looming. It had to yeah. come to me. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, you have to find your way through the through the trees <laughs> to see the forest. I get it. I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. Okay. I have a commissioned painting of Taylor Swift that hangs above my bed. Oh my god, that's amazing and It's like pop art. It's actually legitimately very good. And then a friend of mine also got me the worst drawing of Taylor Swift she could find on Etsy. And it's framed in my room. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, we, amazing. I call it the Eche Taylor. Yeah, I'm gonna like when that those. woman, that woman redid the. She thought she was fixing the Eche Homo of oh, like God. Jesus. Yeah. It, it's like that. If somebody oh, did a, if that amazing. person did a drawing of Taylor Swift, that's that is what amazing. that is. Oh my God, brilliant. Okay, <laughs> all right. Give me a number between one and seven. Three. While I do these calculations to let you know which of the, each of <laughs> these, these calculations. things in these categories, very important <laughs> science. While I get into the science of this, <laughs> yes. the meaningful math part of this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, will you please tell everyone uh, about the new pod and other yes. projects and things and where to find you and all of that good stuff? Yes. Uh, you can find me talking often and lots about the show Yellow Jackets. No matter when you listen to this, it can almost be guaranteed <laughs> that I will be talking about Yellow Jackets and Jennifer's body. So that's evergreen. Um, but that's on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. And the the exciting new business I have, <clears throat> I really took to podcasting in the past year because I'm a really good writer but I'm a better talker and um, I started making them on my own and uh, making enough of them on my own and doing a good enough job I started working with the good people at the Network Maximum Fun and we collaborated on a show that is now out that I I have like an actual platform show in addition to my independent ventures it is called Feeling Seen and it is I am so enjoying doing this podcast and I want everybody to listen to it truly because I think we're just having such a nice time. Each episode I have a different co-host on and just ask them about who is the character that like you sort of have an earliest or first recognition or perhaps most significant recognition of seeing yourself reflected love it. on screen in that character. It's such a great concept and I love it. And it's, you know, it, it can, I, I understand that it can be like very corny as a, as a concept. I understand it can be very earnest. I am very earnest. Yeah. Um, but also like as, as important as it is that we talk about where people have seen themselves, uh, it is equally as important that we talk about where they haven't. Yes. Because it is, it is a very narrow window of people who've been permitted Permitted the uh, leisure of right. having avatars for themselves in film, right. and it's getting better now. It you know at a, at a rate that I hope gets even more rapid. Yeah. But talking to people about the composite work that they had to do to make to see themselves, or talking about the ways in which they had to graft themselves onto people yeah. who might be very different. Like my queer, like so many of my queer male friends, identifying with final girls in horror movies. Yeah. Because there aren't gay men running around in horror movies until like fifteen oh, sure, minutes ago. Of course. So, like, the the having to loop yourself into someone so dramatically different, like, physically and literally from who you are, just to have somebody yeah. that you can latch on to, yeah. it's an incredible creative process that so many people have embarked upon, yeah. queer folks, black and brown folks, non-cisgendered folks. Yeah. 
Um, having those conversations is really important to me, and I want to give people the space to like have as much like play with this conversation yeah. and, and as much as they can and be as creative with it as they want. Yeah. And you know, be really earnest or be really funny. I don't it's it's just I want there to be a good substantial conversation around this and I've been I having a really fun time so far. Um Emily Vanderwerf, the incredible writer, came on and talked about watching Midsomar when she mm. was transitioning mm. and that being a movie that she saw at a pivotal moment in her life and really resonating with wow. the character of Danny, played by Florence Pugh. Yeah. And she has this beautiful conversation about her like her sort of key moment when she was like, Wow, this is really hitting for me was when suddenly Danny can understand the language of the Harga hmm. with absolutely no awareness or or training in that. Mm. She's like and and you know, she talks about how like, you know, when I was coming out and when I was like openly became openly trans and, and living my life as a woman, it was like I suddenly could understand the language that people have been speaking around me the entire time. Mm. And it was the true it was my true language. Mm. And it suddenly arrived at me sort of in a bang, like yeah. being able to to speak with women yeah. as a woman and be a woman in this world as she always was yeah. and and to finally be able to be that openly and honestly and and you know Kristen Lopez a tremendous journalist talking about Veda Sultanfuss in My Girl uh, we had Hari Kondabolu come on and talk about like a patchwork of people from you know the bane of his existence in Apu from The Simpsons right. to Cal Penn and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle sure. to like a, a a British sketch comedy show on the BBC. Like yeah. it is, it's so great when people are, are generous and, and candid in these conversations. So I, would, I hope people would listen. Oh my God. And then there's all my independent yeah. stuff, the whole movie pod, talk about things like Neon Demon, Simple Favor, uh, the Ots pod, where if you're interested, Ots Tyrion, as in the Ots, the 2000s, and the Criterion Collection, all mashed into one. Fantastic. Uh, we give the Criterion-level deep dive treatment to the maligned horror movies of the 2000s and Great. discuss where they fit in the sort of socio-political intersection of the era. Love it. And yeah, I'm basically just talking all the time. The Disaster Girls podcast, if you like disaster movies, I'm talking all the time. <laughs> Everything you've said is pure gold. Okay. Thank uh, you. I do have some results for you. Yeah, what does the science say? Them. The si- now, I can't argue with the science. I, you know, I can't. I would never presume all, to argue with the science. I th- it goes without saying that the world is 5,000 years old. Now, moving <laughs> yeah. on to this science. Yep. Equally trustworthy science. Yes. I want to congratulate you. I'm trying to paint a little bit of a picture here. Um, okay. There's a lot going on here. And and I think... There's a lot yeah, going there's on There's a lot here. going on here. I think it's pretty pretty wonderful. Um. I want to I want to congratulate you first for your beautiful second home. It is a house, mm. neither mm. a mansion, apartment or shack. It is a house in <laughs> lovely oft foggy Sausalito. Oh god, picturesque. I, I love the idea of you pulling out the instantly available yet perfectly cooked yet mm. all never don't have enough time for somehow there's always enough time for your <laughs> wonderful baked tomatoes oh yeah your crispy top and mm. just the like whole consistency of that uh, having that um i want to insert in here as well the fact that i'm guessing that probably your second home was purchased with your money from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah, you bet it was. You really, you really <laughs> hit it out of the park on that one. I crushed really it. I'm so proud. Really out of the park. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, if you feel like you kind of need an escape from the mm. perfection that is your life, I want you to mm-hmm. know that you can jump in to the world of serenity so you have 
all of your buddies, all what a time. of that crew uh, <laughs> doing their thing as you uh, clutter through, you clank and clutter through space on a <laughs> through space wonderful in my space ship that, yeah, absolutely always needs some work done. Um, <laughs> fantastic. I uh, Somehow all of this has also, you know, be, been impacted or, or have had an impact on this um, relationship that you forged with this very famous person as you created mm-hmm. this production company. So it's all kind of coming together. You're bringing all your wisdom and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I the only thing that I'm worried about, genuinely a little bit worried about, I am a little okay. worried. So that's going to take up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. It is going to take up a lot of time to the point where like at some points you're just going to need to like zoom into like the wonder years. Like you're going to need to have it <laughs> yeah. super simple. You're going to be like, I need to just go back into like Decompress. that. Stand by me-ish. Nostalgia. Yep. That's so disconnected from the level of responsibility that you do have yeah. to being adored in, in this company, mm. but also being <laughs> needed and cherished by your your friend Dana mm-hmm. oh, from the Dana. L-word, who I, Faultless. I just am a little concerned because mm-hmm. you do have that company, you do have Dana in the picture, mm-hmm. and I mean, I just feel like Taylor is going to need a lot from you. <laughs> She's you know, just it's need true. A lot from you. It's good that I have a lot to give, and you have a lot to give. And listen, it's good that I have a to, lot to from give. From time to time, she may be out on a tour, so yeah. there's, it's, it's, you're going to find ways to manage that time. It's yeah. all going to work out. This mm-hmm. is all success and all beauty. Uh, what a glorious <laughs> mash! What a glorious conversation! I've kept you so long, but it's been Thank such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been so much fun, blast. and I hope I will be asked to do uh, one of your pods at some point because I oh love my the God, idea. Yeah of like I, I I just love the idea of the way because I love the idea not just of saying like this person embodies me mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. like this character who doesn't look sound or act like me yeah. in this moment mm-hmm. captured that like, transitional phase or that time yeah. in your life where you just you had something that you made you feel so like so specially broken not in a good way and yeah. then something found you or you found it at that time when you were like, oh. Yeah, it's okay. really cool. It's great. It's so great. It's just a great intersection of like two things I love, which is like psychology yes. and therapy and film. So it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. exactly what's, yeah. yes, that is the Venn diagram. Oh, so good, so good. In the middle of that is the pod. So good. Jordan, thank you so much, my new friend. Thank this you so much blast. for having me. I Ugh. just could not have had a nicer time. Oh my god, this is wonderful. I love to just dive straight into it with people. I know. So this was ideal. I, I, we are so matched on that level that it was just like, <laughs> oh my god, this is fantastic. That's why I was like, we record, record. <laughs> yeah. um, wonderful, uh, everybody. Please check out uh, everything Jordan's up to. It is so worth doing. And I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, number one, we could save kittens from trees or lunch on skyscrapers. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.